Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Amen. So let's get started this morning. I hope you're excited because you're here. So I'm glad you're here this morning and you're excited. If you're watching online, welcome. You're glad that you're online with us as well, watching and and staying with us. And today I want to actually kind of talk to you about this topic. And it's kind of poignant, especially I didn't know it's going to be so poignant, but it's called chill out, right? (laughs) So we're with cold weather, cold spark, but it, it... Coincidentally, it didn't come that way. I didn't plan it on that, but hey, God does great things, right? <laughs> he sets the atmosphere, He sets the stage, He puts things in motion, whatever it may be. So turn to someone and say, are you chilled out? <laughs> and turn to someone and say, chill out, chill out, dude, chill out, man, it's okay. You know, one of the great privileges I have as a pastor is that I get to spend a lot of time talking to people. I get to sit down and talk to them. And, and this is really a privilege for me because a lot of times people share their pain, their concerns, the things that they're going through in life. And, you know, that's important because they have real pain. And all of us at some point in our lives have gone through situations and circumstances where we do experience pain. We're not immune from pain just because we follow Jesus or just because you've decided to follow Jesus does not mean that you have absolutely no pain in your life. You're still going to have certain circumstances that come. You know, and one of the privileges of, of sitting down and talking to people is that after we're done and they share what's on their hearts and what's in their life, that we can actually pray together as we did this morning. Right? Or even if we don't pray then, I have time later when I'm having some time with God to pray about the concerns or the worries that they've shared with me. But one interesting thing that you might be aware of is that a lot of times what people talk about is very similar. Now I'm not going to share details of people's lives, but I want you to understand that a lot of times there's two main concerns people have. And it goes on in every single life. And it's these two things. It's trust issues and worry issues, right? Trust and worry are the majority of what people talk about when they're going through crisis. And we all have had someone or felt the sting of betrayal, right? Have you ever had a friend in your life who said they're going to be there for you or or be there with you and then they turn around and leave you? The betrayal... Maybe they said that they're going to be there, and you've been there in their life, right? You've showed up when they've gone through crisis. You showed up when they need you. You showed up when they're going through a bit of a drama. And then when you're going through your drama, they know where to be found. They don't even show up. They don't even call and ask you how you're doing or inquire if things are okay in your life. And you thought you were friends. You thought that, you know, this is someone that I could rely on and trust and, and be with and they'd support me in my crisis. But you found that as soon as you went through some pain, they were nowhere in sight. I've, some of you might have heard, I've talked about this a number of times, where I had a friend who I trusted, who I thought was a good friend. In fact, a, almost a best friend that I trusted with my bank account when I got sick. And I said, you know, here's my paycheck. Could you put a deposit into my account? And... You know, I was out sick for a couple of months, and when I came back and got my bank card, but I found out that he had withdrawn all the money from my account. This is someone that I thought I trusted. All of us have felt the sting 
of betrayal. And then when someone betrays you, you're not so willing to trust someone else now, right? You're not so willing to throw around trust because now you're going to guard your heart. You're going to guard people coming into your life because you don't want to be stepped upon. You don't want to be taken advantage of. You don't want people to go and just abuse you emotionally, physically, mentally. And so we're not so willing to trust when we have been betrayed. We're not so willing to extend that. And the other major concern, of course, is worry. And to be honest, that's the real global pandemic. The real global pandemic is worry. Because human beings have an insatiable need to worry. We worry about everything. In fact, we worry about worry. Right? Doctors tell us, don't stress, you're stressed too much, you're worrying too much. You're like, but I'm worried, you know? Like, what are you worried about? Well, I'm worried about my worry, right? <laughs> and so, a lot of times, it, it comes from so many things, and we have to worry a lot, you know? We worry about everything in our life. You know where worry is? Worry is about trying to control things. Worrying about the future. Worrying about what might happen. Worry about what could happen. Worry about if this is going to happen, if that's going to happen. And, and if I'm going to be transparent, I'm going to be truthful to you. I've had many sleepless nights. Because even though I'm standing up here and talking about it, I'm not immune from it either. Yeah. I've worried. I've had long nights where, where I can't sleep because all of these cares and concerns in my mind about things that I think that is going to happen or what could happen or any of these things. See, worry is trying to control things that are out of our control. That's what worry is. Because we are trying to manipulate, control, and try to have everything under our purview. And when things are out of our control, we worry, right? But here's the important thing that you need to understand. You can't control everything. There are some things that are totally out of your control. Here, and worrying has never solved anyone's problem. Worrying has never made anyone feel better. Yeah. Worrying has not given you some sort of extraordinary reprieve from your situations. Worrying has never given you any answers. Worrying has never met you feel, or ever made you feel better in your life. Never have you felt better from worry. But guess what? We still do it. Logically, we understand, hey, this is not going to help me. This is not going to help me move ahead in life, but I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to sit at the table and let my thoughts run off and think about what if this happens and, and what if that happens and what about my future and what about my kids and what about my kids' kids and what kind of world they're growing up in and, and what if I get sick tomorrow and, and what if I lose my job and what if I go through this crisis and what if this happens and what if this... We worry about things that are totally out of control. But today, I just want to share briefly from what God's perspective is. Is that okay? I want to share God's answer to our concerns. I want to help you chill out. I want to help you relax. Are you ready to hear what God's opinion is? All right. So it comes to us from Psalm 46. I'm going to read a few verses to you, and then we'll just explore a little bit from it. 
If you're taking notes, write down Psalm 46. I love when people take notes because it makes me feel worthwhile that I spend a lot of time putting it together. All right, so take notes because, hey, it's going to help you during your week as well. Here we go. Are we ready? Psalm 46, verse 1. This is what God says about your worry and your concern. God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea, and it's more important and relevant now. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. For from the very break of day, God will protect it. Drop down to verse 10. And it says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. And this is definitely a great encouragement, right? That God is our ever-present help when we go through trouble. Which means that your worry is not going to help. But God is going to help when you feel like you're in trouble. Your anxiety is not going to alleviate the problem, but God, who is an ever-present help, is going to be there for us. And it's a great encouragement. I don't know about you, but I definitely feel encouraged when I hear those words. But what I want you to understand further to that is the context of when this psalm was written. Because this is going to bring us or give us further insight into what it actually meant for the people who were in that time when they actually prescribed this psalm. Right? The context of what it is. And most commonly, it's believed that this psalm was written in 701 BC. Right? It was written... When the evil king of Assyria attacked Jerusalem, right? Now, that might not mean much to you living in our modern world because, you know, when was 701 BC? It felt like millennia ago, briefly it was. But what does that mean for us? Well, I want to give you some context, as I said before. If you don't know anything about the Assyrians, the Assyrians at that time was the most feared military force in the ancient world. They were ruthless and cruel beyond belief. They were assassins and barbarians. They would absolutely disseminate different people when they attacked. And so their goal wasn't just to win a battle, but it was also to humiliate, degrade, and deface anyone that they defeated. I'll give you some examples. They, they use psychological terror. You know, today you have leaflets that they would hand out. What they would do back in the den, there back in the day was like they would have tablets of stone that they would carve out. And they would actually put pictures of the torture they would perform to people. You can actually Google this later and look at it. 
and you can find tablets. And they would distribute these tablets to the enemies or anyone to show the forms of torture they would do to everyone they defeated. And it would absolutely be horrific. And they were the ones that invented extreme forms of torture. I don't know if you've heard or seen this, where they would take a spear and they would impale people. You know, it's kind of graphic. What they would do is they'd get this huge metal rod and they would stick it into someone from their behind and then lift them up. And so they would slowly slide down this pole as the pole goes through their body and impale them. And they would watch as this person died in horrific pain. This is what they would do. And I'm not even going to, for the sake of decency, mention what they did to women and children. It's too upsetting to talk about. But this is what was happening. It was a time of national turmoil. And it felt like it was utter hopelessness because there was this massive Assyrian army that was approaching Jerusalem, ready to attack, disseminate, destroy, and kill, and maim every single one. What do you do when you're surrounded by this army that is known for brutality, destruction, and you're a father, you're a mother living in this town, and you have kids to worry about? What do you think you could do? What are your options or what could you do? You're besieged by the Assyrian army, and you're under threat of execution, torture, and destruction. Now, we're not living with an Assyrian army around us, Right? We're not living in a town or a city where there's the threat of execution. But the reality is that all of us are under pressure from various situations in our life. All of us face pressure. Maybe it's your boss at work that's putting you under pressure, demanding something from you that you're not able to deliver or you're incapable of delivering or you feel like you have so much on your workload already that you're not able to get this, but there's a demand on you that you need to perform this way. Maybe you're struggling in a marriage where you felt you've invested years of time and effort and it's almost broken apart and you're feeling like, you know, I've put so much effort in and I'm struggling here to get this thing going and I'm struggling with this. Maybe you're in school and it's getting to exam time and, you know, you're under pressure because you need to perform well and you need to get your exams passed. Or you're at uni and it's time to graduate and you haven't done yet. And you're thinking, you know, I've wasted years and money and effort or someone else's money. And if I don't graduate, I've wasted years of my life. Or I've invested years in this marriage. And it looks like everything's falling apart. And that years that I've invested just going, are going to come to nothing. Maybe you feel like if you don't perform the right way for your boss, that you might lose your job. And on top of all of that, you have other things to worry about, right? Because you have bills that come in every week. You have car payments to worry about. You have mortgages to worry about. You have all of these other things. Your kids' school to worry about. You know, your kids' fees to worry about. Take your kids to soccer or whatever it is that you do on the weekend. Swimming lessons, this lesson. There's all of these other bills that come that put pressure on you. And sometimes you feel like, hey, I just wish I could run away and just disappear and not have to worry about any of this stuff. All of us have felt pressure. 
And this is what God speaks to that. And he speaks to them in the midst of the situation that they're under, living in fear for their lives, wondering what's going to happen tomorrow when the Assyrian army comes and they're under tremendous pressure to protect themselves and their family. And so God speaks, the Spirit of God speaks 2,700 years ago and says the same thing. And I believe he's saying the same thing to us today in our situation. He says this, God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in time of trouble. That's what he's saying. You know, another version says that he's an ever-present help. Ever-present help. Always ready to help. You see, your situation never catches God unaware or surprised. When things come in your life, God's not sitting there and goes, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Now what are we going to do? He's never surprised. You see, sometimes I think God must have a very boring existence because he knows everything about everything. and There's no surprises. Isn't it nice to get a surprise once in a while? You're like, oh, I didn't know this. This is awesome. That's a great surprise. He's never surprised by anything. He knows everything about everything. There's no surprises for him. Right? He knows our past, our future, and our present just in the same way. So whatever you encounter is not a surprise for him. It might be for you, but God is present to help in any situation. He is an ever-present God. And help. In fact, the word ever-present comes from these two Hebrew words that I want to give you a bit of revelation. It comes from these words that mean nimsa miod. And the word nimsa literally means to be discovered, to, be, to encounter, and to experience. Experience, ever-present, the word nimsa. When I was a child growing up in Africa, we got to go and see Victoria Falls. And it's one of the most beautiful things you can see. And actually, before you even get close to Victoria Falls, driving almost 100 kilometers away, you can see this mist rise up into the, into the actual atmosphere. And the locals, they call it Monsieur Otinia, which means the smoke that thunders, because they can see it and hear it before you even get close. And to stand there and hear the roar of these thousands of cubits of water come over this cliff, and to see the the cavern that it falls into, and experience the spray, even though you're miles away, in fact, is amazing. And I can try to explain this to you, but you can't know it until you experience it. And that's what that word means. You have to experience God. Me trying to explain Him to you is not sufficient. Words aren't enough to convey how great he is, how amazing he is. You have to experience. And so that word there is, nimsa means to experience him, not just to know that he exists, but to encounter, to discover, and to experience him on a whole different capacity. That's what the writer is saying. So he God is speaking to these people under tremendous pressure. In the same way to us, he's saying, experience me. Don't just know about me. That's 
Right? And then he continues in the second word, miod means to be exceedingly abundant, exceedingly much more. And the words don't run out because the word doesn't even convey the capacity of what the word is. It's saying there's muchness more, much, 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 much more. Yeah. That's what the word means. It's like as soon as you think of how much, it's more than that. Right? Think of a number and it's greater than that. As soon as you think of the biggest number you can think of, it's bigger than that. So those words mean experience the muchness of God. Don't just know, experience it. Because He's an ever-present help. Right? In times of trouble, God overflows with exceeding abundant protection, provision, and strength. That's who He is. What does that mean for us today? What does it mean when you're feeling overwhelmed with anxiety? What does it mean when you're terrified the kind of world that your kids would grow up in? It's a global pandemic that we're going through and all the struggle. You don't feel safe. You know, your job is fragile. Your marriage is hanging by a thread. Your kids are struggling at school or wherever they are in relationships. What does that mean? How does it mean? And what does it mean when you feel like your faith is weak, that you have all these things coming into your life and you're struggling to trust and believe that God's able to extract you or take you through it? What does it mean when you have all these pressures defining your perspective rather than what God says? What does it mean? How do you quit worrying and stressing out and learn to chill out? How do you learn to trust God? Well, I want you to remember, God is exactly what you need when you need Him, and He's more. God is exactly what you need, and when you need Him, and He's more. More than you can think about. So, let me ask you a question. Maybe you're at the point where you don't even know what faith is. Maybe you're at the point where you're struggling with your faith. Maybe you're at the point where you're unsure of what your future holds. So let me ask you this question. Who is God to you? For you? To you? I want you to think about that for a second. Who is He really to you? If you're anxious, He is your peace. If you're hurting, let him be your comforter. If you are lacking, he is your provider. When you have sinned, he is your righteousness. Our God is our strength when we are weak. He's our hope when you're hopeless. He's your light when you're in darkness. He is your ever-present help. Whatever you are going through, he's able to be there because he is the answer to all of our worries. He is the solution to whatever we're going through. So we have to learn to quit worrying and start to chill out and trust Him. When you're in trouble, He is your shield. He is your protector. He is your defender. He is your redeemer. Our God is exactly what you need when you need Him and He is more. You can trust him because he's never failed anyone in the history of the world. And he's not going to choose you to mess up with. Right? He's done it for millions of people before. 
And he's not going to go, oh my gosh, I've dropped the ball now. <laughs> when it comes to Joe, I've just messed up. <laughs> you know, when it comes to Sam, oh my gosh, I forgot about Sam. <laughs> no, that's not who he is. You never fall through the cracks. You're never out of God's mind. He never forgets about you. You're never absent from his thoughts. He is always thinking about you. Even when you feel overwhelmed, even when you feel under pressure, when you feel anxious, you can turn to him. So rather than choose to worry, turn to him and begin to trust him. In spite of my fears, I can learn to trust him because I know that he is trustworthy. This is what we have to learn. We have to learn to lean. Right? We have to learn to lean. See, when you're exhausted, when you're tired, guess what you do? You just lean up against a wall. You know, it's like, I need some support here because I'm tired. I've run a long marathon or whatever. And so you need some extra help. But when we think we're strong, we're able to get this. I've got this. I don't need your help. I got this by myself, you know. I can do this. And a lot of times, it's because we think of our strength and our ability and our purpose and our plan, and we can got this together. We don't need help. But the reality is that we all need help. So we have to learn to lean. The more we lean on Him, the more stronger we actually become because He becomes our strength and not we become our strength. Because He can do all things in all situations, and I can't. So you have to learn to lean, to lean on the everlasting arm. When you're exhausted, when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're anxious, when you're concerned, rather than turn to worry, learn to lean. And so, you know, the psalmist says this, and it's amazing. He says, the nations, in verse 6, the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms trouble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. Right? Not absent. Not some distance away. Not, you know, let me call and then he'll arrive. No, God is here with us. God of Israel is our fortress. You know, the most amazing thing about Jesus is that he is Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? God is with us. And that's the beauty of God's story, is that God is not some distant place away, extra, far away. No, Jesus came to show the world that God is with us in the middle of our situation, in the middle of our circumstance. He's not an absent God, He's an ever-present God, because He is with us. He's with us. Our God is big enough to oversee the whole world and loving enough to care about you. Our God is big enough to oversee the whole world and loving enough to care about you. And so Psalm 46 verse 8 says, Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. See, I can't just tell you about it, even though Scripture is filled with it. I can list off an a litany of things that God has done. And they're just events to you. It's just something that happened. You have to learn to lean and experience them in a whole different way. 
Now, the reality is that it's easy to say lean upon God. You know, it's easy to say that. Trust God, lean on God, rely on Him. But then it gets to this part where it's a bit hard. Let's be authentic. Let's be real, right? I'm going to share with you some, the next part that maybe you're not going to like. And to be honest, I think it's really hard to do, right? It's hard to do. And I want you to think back again about these families living under the pressure of the Assyrian army that's invading. As a father or a mother, it's your duty to protect your kids, right? To provide for them, to watch over them. But what if you can't do anything? There's nowhere to go. And you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen to your wife and your kids. You know what's going to happen to you. And you feel helpless. What can you do? And some of us in that situation too, we're under pressure from so many places. We're trying to manage things. We're trying to act like we got it together. We're trying to do the things and, and say, yes, I got this and got that. But we're falling apart on the inside because we don't have the answers. We don't know what to do. We There's too much pressure. And then God says this to your pressure. In verse 10, he says, be still and know that I'm God. <laughs> right? And here's the tough part. Be still. Don't do anything. And to be honest, that's really hard to do. Don't do anything. Sit down and be still. But but, 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 don't you know what's happening? Don't you see the situation? Don't you know what's happening? If I don't do this and I don't do that, I don't talk to this person, I'm going to freak out. But God says, no, no, no. Be still. Be still. And you know, I, I have a problem with that. I do. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, it's confession time. I do. I do have a problem with that. Because I can't stay still. You know, my wife talks to me, and I listen, and I, I have this overwhelming need to offer solutions, right? I just can't help it. Maybe it's because I'm a man. I don't know if it's gender-specific, but it's like she tells me about her problems at work, and I'm like, so why don't you try this or do this? I just want to tell her what to do, because I'm like, I have the answer, right? You just have to do this, and I'll solve your problem. She's like, no, no, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to be still and listen. That's it. I don't want to hear your solutions. I don't want to hear what you think you should do. Just be still. My wife is great at listening. I'm great at interjecting and telling her what to do. Right? And I can't be still. I have a problem with that. And for most of us, we have a problem with that. Because we think we can handle it. We think we got the answers. We think we have it. And even if we don't have the answers, let's just fake it like we make it. Let's pretend we have the answers because every thought I have has to be right. Because it's my thought, so definitely it's right. It's the right thing to do. And so oftentimes it's difficult for us to just be still. Be still. And know that I'm God. See, you can't be still if you don't know and experience who he is. Right? Because if you don't have that encounter with him, then you're going to have to invent your own solution. You can't be still if you have not experienced. And most of us, you know, we stress out. 
Now notice what the psalmist said. He didn't say, be worried, be freaked out, be anxious, be angry. No, he says, be still. The word is rapha. Be quiet, relax, give yourself some slack, be at peace. How can you be at peace when there's so much pressure? How can you be at peace when an army is outside your door going to do horrible things to you and your family? How can you say, I'm just going to sit here and relax? When you have the pressure of marriage, when you have the pressure of job, when you have the pressure of bills, when you have the pressure of the world weighing down on you, how can you be still? But that's what he says. And he doesn't just say, but here's the amazing thing. If he just said, be still, I could say, okay, well, I, I kind of struggle with that. But he doesn't say that. He says, be still and know that I am God. He is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Be still and know. Give yourself a break. There's some battles that are above your pay grade. (laughs) Right? There's some battles that are not just meant for you. There's some things that only he can handle. And you're just going to get in the way. Not of him, but of your own life. (laughs) There's some things that are just for him. So just relax and let him handle it. Chill out and let him do his thing. Because we live with a big God. He's big enough to oversee the world and loving enough to care about you. Be still and know. Not by reading, not by hearing, but by experiencing who he is. You can only know by allowing him to do it. See, you can't do it and experience at the same time. You have to be still and allow him to do it to experience who he is. Because if you try to extract yourself, it's going to be about you. You can do this, but you can't. So we've got to learn to relax, learn Rafa, be still. Now I'm just going to wrap this up. But you're probably curious, some of you might be curious, what happened to these people in Jerusalem, right? Do you want to know what happened to them? You think that's what happened? If you want to know, read 2 Chronicles, love people that take notes, 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and 2 Kings 19, they're both parallel stories to the same incident. The Syrians planned their attack. The king of Jerusalem, his name was Hezekiah. He prayed. God who is always ready to help. He prayed to a God who is always ready to help. So you might wonder, what did God do? You ready for this? You know what God did? You sure you want to know? Are you positive? I think you might be surprised. You know what he did? God did? He sent one angel. Just one. Just one angel. But the one angel wiped out 185,000 Assyrians. (laughs) One angel (laughs) wiped out 185,000 Assyrians. Didn't take thousands of angels. Just one. And he says, 
the God of the armies of Israel is with us. It's not just him. It's his host of angels are always with us. And one guy wrecked the whole army. One guy. Just one angel. See, sometimes all we need is just one touch. Just one message. Just one word. That's going to turn it all around. And all we have to do is to be still and know that He is God. And you can only do that when you experience Him. Experience Him. God wants to move on our behalf. He wants to show you that He's able. He wants to show you that He's capable of providing, protecting, shielding, guarding, and taking care of you. So stop your worrying and start trusting. Learn to lean on Him. And so it says in in Psalm 46, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. So what do you need in your world? What do you need right now? What are you going through? What are you struggling with? What are you stressing out about or freaking out about? I invite you to slow down, to silence the pressure of the world, to quiet your soul, and to chill out. To chill out. Take a few moments when you panic, and rather than turn to worry, learn to lean. Rather than give in to your stress, learn to lean. Whatever it is, Whatever is causing you to feel this way, He is able. He is capable. Invite Him in. Let God be exactly what you need in this moment. Because He's not just present now, He's able to give you more. So be still and know. Not wonder, not hope, not wish, but know that He is God alone. Amen? Amen. As always, I want to leave you with two questions. Number one, I want you to think about what are you stressing about that you need to let go of? Right? What is, are you stressing about in your world that you're trying to control that you need to let go of? Maybe it's a job, maybe it's your family, maybe it's concern for the future, maybe it's a whole bunch of stuff that you've taken on board of of your life and you're trying to control, but it's just out of your control. Are you going to continue to worry or are you going to continue to learn to lean? Right? What are you stressing about that you need to just let go of? And number two, what do you need God to be Or who do you need God to be for you? Do you need him to be a provider? Do you need him to be a healer? Do you need him to be a comforter? Do you need him to be a restorer? Because he's all of those things and more. Whatever you need, he is well able to supply. Right? So Christ followers, transformers, let's learn to lean And let's stop worrying about things that we can't control. Yes? So ask yourself this week, as you go through your week, what am I holding on to? What am I stressing about that I don't need to be? 
And then ask yourself, what do you need God to be right now in your world, in your situation, in your circumstance, whatever it may be? Because he's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.